Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Here's a new episode of the podcast for you to listen to. That's the idea. You're supposed to listen to it. You know that, don't you? Of course you do. Uh, That's obvious. Anyway... In this episode, I'm about to talk to you about superheroes for about an hour, and that's definitely going to be good for your listening, especially if you listen to the whole thing. Um, And we know that improving your listening has knock-on effects in other areas of your English, like your pronunciation and your vocabulary and stuff like that. But I always say that this podcast is most beneficial to your English when you combine it with other things, when you combine it with active study or practice. Speaking, for example, is very important. Um, So one solution is to use italki to arrange lessons or just to have conversations with native English speakers. And the good thing about italki is that it's very convenient. You can do it all from your home over the internet and you can arrange, you know, your conversations and classes whenever you want them. Lots and lots of people are using it. Um, and it's a, a very fast-growing service, so I suggest that you check it out. Uh, go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk. And remember, if you're a Lepster, then you can get a $10 discount from italki, which is not bad. It's not bad at all. Teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk to get started or click an italki logo on my website. And check out this website. Check out italki. It's really, really good. It's brilliant. Now... The jingle is going to begin in just a moment, but first I would like to just let you know something about this episode, and that is that uh, I've just finished recording this one, and it ended up being quite long, which is fairly typical, um, I suppose. Uh, The total recording time for this particular episode was over 90 minutes, and I thought that's a bit long, isn't it? That is a little bit long for a single episode. Um, Ideally, these episodes are about one hour in length. That's what I think is the ideal length, about one hour. Um, But I often end up recording more than that. I often end up talking for more than an hour just because I have too many things to say to you and because time flies when you're having fun, right? It seems that whenever I press the record button, time just speeds up. Um, So I end up speaking for more than an hour in some cases, like, for example, this episode. So I thought to myself, should I upload this as one long episode, one epic episode, or shall I split it into two shorter episodes? And I thought there's kind of advantages and disadvantages for both of those things. And I I was thinking about it way too much. And I, you know, I just thought, which one is going to make it easier for my listeners? One long episode or several shorter episodes? I couldn't decide. So I asked Twitter. Okay, and I I asked Twitter this question. I asked my followers on Twitter this question, and it went like this. I said, I've just recorded an episode about Marvel, and it's long. What would you prefer? One long episode, which is over 90 minutes, or two shorter ones? And here are the results. So 42% 
of the respondents said that they would like one long episode and 58% of respondents said that they wanted two shorter episodes. All right, so there you go. The people have spoken and it's a clear majority in the favour of two shorter uh, – it's a clear majority in favour of two shorter episodes and, uh, and that's what I've done. This that you're listening to now is part one and part two will be uploaded straight away. Okay, you're not going to need to wait. It'll just be there straight away. In fact, it's probably available right now, waiting for you to finish listening to this one. So I'll now let you listen to the episode. And then when you're done, you can move straight on to to part two. All right. So without any further ado, here is the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing all right today. Are you? Are you doing all right today? Uh, you are? Good? Good? I hope. Obviously, I don't know if you are, but I hope that you are, now that you're listening to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Uh, do you remember that in the last episode, I had just come back from seeing the latest Marvel movie, um, Captain America Civil War, and that I said that I would talk to you about it? Remember that? Well, here it is. You're now listening to a new episode of Luke's Film Club. And this time I'm talking about the Marvel movies with a particular focus on the latest Captain America film. And by the way, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about a lot of Marvel movies in this episode and I will do my best to avoid spoilers, okay? I'm only going to mention information about these films which is basically common knowledge. For example, stuff that's in the trailers or stuff that, you know, is generally known. Um, I don't think that listening to this episode will really spoil your enjoyment of any of these films if you haven't seen them. Um, So what I'm trying to say is don't worry about spoilers. I'm going to try not to include any. Okay? Right. So, Marvel films, Captain America and stuff. Why am I talking about Marvel films and superheroes on Luke's English Podcast? Well... We like Marvel... We, we like movie-related episodes, first of all, don't we? Um, I certainly like to record movie-related episodes, and it seems that you like to listen to them. Um, so, enough said, really, but um, I will continue. I call these episodes Luke's Film Club. And in the past, I've recorded uh, Film Club episodes about films such as Taken, uh, Kingsman, Star Wars, Back to the Future, and others. All right? Also, people just like movies, don't they? They do. People like movies. I like movies. You like movies. We like movies. Everybody likes movies. Um, Therefore, talking about movies seems to be a natural thing to do, wouldn't you say? And to bring this back to learning English, uh, because that's what this is all about, isn't it, ultimately? To bring this back down to um, English and communicating in English... Um, maybe you will end up talking about movies in your English conversations. So you should know how to talk about this subject, and it's probably helpful to listen to me talking about films, isn't it? Um, Because we all know that listening is connected to your awareness of how speech is produced, which is connected to pronunciation, which is connected to your own production of speech. Um, And also there's vocabulary involved, of course, because you're talking about films. You know, we tend to use certain words and expressions and phrases when we're talking about our opinion of films or when we're describing uh, plot lines or different features of movies. 
Um, so improving your listening will have a knock-on effect on your speaking. And also, hopefully, you'll be able to uh, identify and pick up notice different phrases and, you know, different parts of vocabulary that we use to talk about films. Um, also, if you're wondering what to talk about with people that you meet, uh, or if you're practicing your English with a language partner or with a teacher on italki or in another situation, uh, and you're wondering what to talk about, well, this could be a good idea, couldn't it? You could talk about uh, uh, recent movies, or you could talk about superhero movies. In fact, you could start your conversations with typical questions about movies. For example, you could say things like this. You could say, so have you seen the latest Marvel movie? Or do you like superhero movies? Or even stuff like, so what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Well, I saw the new Captain America film. Oh, really? How was it? For example, all right? Now, those might just be a few little starting points for conversations about superheroes and, and films. So, have you seen the new Captain America film? Have you? Because it's been out for a couple of weeks now. I don't know if it's out everywhere in the world. I imagine for some of you listening to this, um, it's been out for ages now because you might be listening to this in the future, future, future. Um, But uh, anyway, I wonder if you've seen it. Um, In fact, have you seen any Marvel films or any of the recent superhero movies that have come out? Um, I would be surprised if you... if if you hadn't seen those films, you know, I'd be surprised if you hadn't because they're very popular these days and there are so many of them that they're kind of unavoidable, aren't they? Uh, But if you haven't seen like Iron Man or The Incredible Hulk or Captain America or The Avengers or indeed um, superhero films produced by other companies like, you know, Batman or Superman or The Fantastic Four or The X-Men or... um, Deadpool and stuff like that. Now, if you haven't seen any of those films, then that's all right. Perhaps this episode can be a sort of introduction to a film series that you're not familiar with. And if you have seen some Marvel films and you just don't like them, maybe they're not your cup of tea, you just can't stand them, well, maybe listening to to my take on this subject might help to change your mind. And if you have seen most of these superhero films and you pretty much liked them, if you're a fan then great. Um, In any case, I hope that you just enjoy listening to me going on about some popular culture in this episode, or indeed episodes, because I started out preparing to record just one episode. And you know the way it goes. I started to prepare and and the whole thing got out of control a little bit. And I've I've ended up with probably about three episodes worth of content. So you're going to get a trilogy of superhero episodes. Um, Okay, so this one's about Marvel and Captain America. The next one will be a conversation with a friend of mine. And the third one will be a review of another film. I'll talk to you more about that stuff in a bit. All right. So um, there are plenty of good reasons to talk about Marvel films today. But um, in fact, I was prompted to uh, record this episode initially by a request from a listener in the comments section of my website. And uh, the comment came from uh, Mayumi again. Um, So, hello, Mayumi. Yes, I'm mentioning you again on the podcast. Um, It seems that Mayumi is a bit of a film nut like me. She's a fan of of films. And you might remember uh, her Star Wars-themed photograph in the photo competition recently. I'm pretty sure that was you, Mayumi. Uh, 
with the you know you you had a, like a, the Star Wars logo on the photograph and you'd written on your fingers "May the Force be with you." It looks like you're a Star Wars fan. Um, so anyway, here is um, Mayumi's comment on my website, and it appeared just the other day, and she said. Um, Hi, Luke. I hope you're well. Recently, I've been missing your movie episodes, like the one that you did about Taken. Um, the new Marvel one just came out, and I wonder if you've seen it already. And if so, how was it? If my memory serves, you haven't talked much about Marvel things yet, have you? No, I haven't. I'd love to listen to your thoughts if you like them. Um, I personally enjoy watching Marvel films often because I don't have to be too emotional or worried and it's fun to just watch great visual effects. Cheers! Bye! Okay, cheers, Naomi. Um, Right, so basically she's saying, could you talk about Marvel films and things like that if you like them? Well, Naomi, I do like them. On the whole, I do like them. So I'm now happy to talk about Marvel movies uh, and superhero stuff and uh, Captain America Civil War. So here we go. Right. So now I'm, I should say at the beginning, I'm not a mega geek. All right. Um, I'm not a, a massive geek. I'm just a bit of a geek. Um, I enjoy Marvel films, but I'm not a complete fanboy. Now, it might be necessary to define a few words here. You know what a geek is, and you probably know what a nerd is. Geeks or nerds are people they they um it's kind of considered to be negative isn't it to be a geek or a nerd depends on who you talk to but essentially a geek or a nerd is someone who has like a a very specific and almost obsessional interest in a certain act uh, aspect of popular culture so they might be someone who's like really into computer games and they know everything about a certain series of computer games or they're really really interested in comic book movies and they know everything about comic book movies and they spend all their time sort of collecting um, toys and and different uh, memorabilia relating to comic book movies and they they just sort of spend all their time on the internet discussing comic book movies in forums and maybe getting together with people in online chat rooms and talking about them you know the kind of thing obsessional people uh who who just get obsessed by one particular thing for example comic book films so that's a geek or a or a nerd a fanboy a fanboy is someone who is considered to be a, um an obsessional fan of one thing in particular so you get star wars fanboys and these are people who you know care a lot about the Star Wars universe, and they have lots of in-depth knowledge about it, and they're very passionate about it. They're fanboys. And these are the sorts of people who, um, you know, if they watch a film that's based on a comic book that they've read and that they know very well, and they watch the film, and the film doesn't perfectly match up with the comic book, they might get very angry and argue about it in on the internet or something, right? So I'm not really a full-on geek, a mega nerd, or a fanboy, but I am a fan of comic book films in general, but I, I don't profess to be an expert on all the history of every comic book character that's ever existed. I'm not that emotionally invested in superheroes and their stories, not in the same way that some of these internet fanboys seem to be. I mean, I'm not going to get angry, for example, if the movies don't follow the plot of the comics perfectly. I'm not really that bothered. I don't mind about that. I just want to watch some entertaining films. And I like, you know, I like comic book heroes. I find them interesting and fun. But at the end of the day, 
I'm not that bothered. You know, it's not the end of the world if the film doesn't meet my expectations. So I'm not a fanboy, but I am a fan. Okay. Also, I I do have some friends who are fanboys. Like, for example, my mate Paul Langton, who knows loads of things about comic book characters. He used to collect comic books and has like thousands of, of comics in his collection, including, you know, he knows all about the, the, the characters, including all their original backstories. He knows the origins of their superpowers. Um, he knows who would be the champion if they all had a big fight and everything like that. In fact, I spoke to Paul about superheroes um, just yesterday. Um, and so you will be able to hear that conversation on the podcast soon. And essentially, we went through as many of the Marvel characters as we could in the time that we had and ultimately tried to decide who's the best, who's the most powerful superhero in the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what um, you'll be able to hear in, in what I expect will be the next episode of this podcast. Um, so I'm no expert, but I have seen most of the films and I've read some of the comics, okay? And I'm talking about Marvel here, specifically. Um, so I loved comics as a kid. I used to love reading comics, but my parents frowned on them. They frowned on them. Mm, no, we don't like comics. They didn't speak like Tarzan. No, comics bad. Reading books, good. Comics bad. That's not how they spoke. I don't know why I said that like that. Uh, I have no idea. But anyway, they frowned on them. You know? Hmm. Frown is like that expression on your face. If you disagree or you're angry with something, you make a certain expression on your face. Mm, not happy about that. Frowning expression on my face. To frown on something doesn't mean that you literally look at it with uh, that you know slightly angry expression on your face. It just means that you, you disagree with it. You don't think it's a good thing to do. So my parents frowned on comic books. They They preferred, you know, slightly more... Uh, advanced things, let's say, or com- slightly more traditional forms of literature, you know, um, and they didn't really like it if I read comic books all the time. So I couldn't really justify spending all of my pocket money on comics. Um, and because there was a certain amount of kind of guilt or, I don't know, taboo related to comics, really. I mean, we had a few a few comics knocking around, but the really sort of really exciting stuff, the Marvel comics, we never really had many of those. And I don't think my parents really agreed with it. Also, anyway, I had nowhere to buy these comics because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. It's not like I grew up in the city where there were comic book stop, uh, st- huh? comic book shops. There were no comic book shops because we lived in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, there are plenty of sheep and cows and fields, but not many comic books. Uh, But I did have a few comics. I had a few Marvel comics, which I bought on holiday in America. I remember we went on holiday a couple of times to the States. And um, I remember finding a couple of comic book shops, comic book stores, and going in and investigating and sort of like, you know, buying a few comics with the money that I had in my pocket. And I used to read them over and over and over again because they were awesome. I had like Spider-Man ones. I had, um, I think I had a Fantastic Four comic book. I had an Incredible Hulk book and a few others. Um, so I was always a bit of a Spider-Man fan as a kid. I thought Spider-Man was just cool. He looked good. Like the way that he used to move, you know, when he was swinging around and jumping through the air, he just his body would be in these cool positions. So he just looked kind of, 
dynamic and cool and he had this he had a sort of sense of humor and things like that i also thought that iron man looked really cool i just thought that the iron man armor the the suit was just brilliant but i never read any of his comics so i never really understood who he was or what he was about i just thought that the armor looked brilliant um I also used to have an incredible Hulk t-shirt when I was about six or seven years old. Um, I still remember that. It just had a picture of the Incredible Hulk in the middle. Um, and it said, the Incredible Hulk. Um, and so that pretty much made me a fan by default. I don't know how I got that, that t-shirt when my f- parents weren't really fans of comic books. Uh, but anyway, I had the I had an Incredible Hulk T-shirt, and I used to chase my brother and his friends around the house while wearing the the Hulk T-shirt, and they would run away from me, and I would imagine I was the Hulk, and that you know we'd run around the house, and I was like wearing my Hulk T-shirt. I was the Incredible Hulk. Good times, good times. Um, so there used to be Marvel TV shows and cartoons um, on the TV. That's normally where you find TV shows, right? On the TV. Uh, But anyway, every now and then, um, some Marvel-related comic book TV shows would pop up. Um, And any time a comic book-related TV show came on the TV, it it was always brilliant. Um, uh, For example, the Incredible Hulk TV show was a classic. And that was like a live-action Hulk show, I think made in the 80s. And that one featured... um, there was the the guy there was actually a real man who played the part of the hulk his name was lou ferrino and he was a bodybuilder and they just painted him green and gave him a green wig and he would go and look all angry and he was the hulk just a man but like a big bodybuilder painted green um and the 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 hulk tv show featured some classic moments like when bruce banner turned into the hulk and you see his clothes tearing and his skin turning green and his eyes go white and he becomes the Hulk. And um, and like when Lou Ferrino was there on screen as the Hulk, the scenes were mostly shot in slow motion to make him seem heavier, you know, so that all the shots were, were done in slow motion. There's lots of shots of Lou Ferrino painted green jumping through windows and things like that. And it was funny that when all of his clothes were ripped off, when he hulked, when he became the Hulk, all his clothes ripped off except his pants. Somehow the trousers around his crotch and his pants, they somehow stretched. The rest of his clothes just ripped off, but conveniently enough, his pants stretched, uh, which is quite convenient, really. Um, so the Incredible Hulk TV show was also kind of sad as well, because at the end of every episode, because of the destruction that had been caused by the Hulk, um, Bruce Banner, I think it was Bruce Banner or David Banner, I'm not sure. Anyway, he always had to leave town and there were always these kind of sad moments at the end of every episode where he was, you know, he was very lonely having to leave town on his own and there was that lonely music. You know, like this kind of sad, lonely music. I think, to be honest, even as a kid, watching the incredible hulk that tv show communicated loneliness like more effectively than anything else i saw and i kind of that made me feel sad as a kid not many other things gave me a window into something like loneliness from an early age 
So superhero stuff can be, you know, very light and just a bit of fun, but sometimes they can actually be quite profound in their own way. Um, so there was the Incredible Hulk show. Also, there was a live-action Spider-Man show as well, uh, which was awesome too because, you know, it was Spider-Man and he was full of, you know, wisecracks and little jokes and all the usual fun Spider-Man stuff. And then there were the animated TV series, for example, the X-Men series and another Spider-Man series. And I think there was an animated Incredible Hulk series. Um, and they were there were probably other Marvel-related TV shows and other comic book-related TV shows too. And a few movies as well that I saw as a kid. Um, now, by today's standards, those TV shows would probably look really crap and awful. But in those days, they were amazing. Now, let's turn to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And by that, I mean uh, the Marvel movies. So let's talk about movies. And in fact, it might be worth... Uh, making a, making a comparison now between uh, Marvel movies and DC movies, or at least Marvel and DC. All right. Now, if you don't know, in the world of comic books, although there are many different publishers, the big ones, the big two comic book publishers are Marvel and DC. All right. Now, DC have um, uh, the two most famous characters. Okay, so in DC, you have Batman and Superman, and they're probably the most famous superheroes. But Marvel seems to be winning in the movie wars, right? And I say movie wars, I mean that there is a kind of a rivalry between the movies produced by Marvel and the movies produced by DC, all right? And in, in uh, among the fans as well, there are fans of Marvel and fans of D, uh, DC. And it, I don't know why, but it seems that either you're a Marvel fan or a DC fan. Um, personally, I'm just a fan of a good film. Um, but it seems to me that Marvel are winning the, the movie wars. Um, and other than Batman, Superman, and perhaps Wonder Woman, and maybe a couple of other characters, the other DC characters are not that great uh, in the movies yet at the moment. I know we've got, well, we've got Batman, Superman, uh, and the Joker as well, of course, which, you know, is part of the Batman universe. Um, but I'm sure that there are people listening to this who would disagree with me. I'm sure that some of you out there are uh, fans of DC comics and DC characters rather than Marvel comics and Marvel characters or movies. Um, now, we will be seeing more from DC in the future with films coming up like Suicide Squad this year. And then we have an Aquaman movie coming up and a Wonder Woman movie as well, I think, and some more stuff like, for example, there will be a Justice League movie, which is going to include Superman, Batman, and the other major DC characters. Um, so we will be seeing more from DC in the future. Um, yes, that's right. Just when you thought that we couldn't have any more superhero films in the cinemas, uh, the next few years are going to see even more of them. So get ready, okay, strap in and get ready to to uh, get overloaded with yet more uh, superhero movies in the uh, cinemas and on your screens and stuff. Um, Marvel are currently in full swing in terms of their uh, movie franchises. Um, and DC have only really just got started. Um, I wonder, in fact, if we'll all be fed up uh, with superheroes within a couple of years. Um, superhero fatigue. Have you ever heard of that? Superhero fatigue. It's a genuine concept 
that uh, movie critics and industry people use to refer to the idea that we might all just get fed up with superhero films and then stop watching them. So maybe superhero fatigue could be a real thing. The phrase was used over the last couple of years um, after, you know, so many superhero movies came out and a couple of them didn't really do as well as expected. For example, last year there was the there was a Fantastic Four movie which was produced by 20th Century Fox and that was a huge flop. A flop. By the way, a flop uh, is a, a noun and it's if a movie is described as a flop, it just means that it's... Uh, a disappointment and not a success. So a flop probably means it didn't take any money or it lost money at the box office. It also, if something is considered a flop, it could also be, um, you know, just disliked by the press and by the fans. Um, really, there are three aspects to the success of a film. Um, it's the success at the box office, so whether or not it makes profit and how much money it takes. The uh, the way it's considered by critics. So, uh, you know, what are the average reviews in all the papers and stuff, the critics' opinion. And then there's the opinion of the fans as well. And really, the ideal success is when it makes money, the critics love it, and the fans love it as well. That's the kind of the, you know, that's that's the objective uh, of any film, is to kind of win all three categories there. Some films make no money, but they are popular with uh, fans and with critics. Some films are just popular with critics and they don't make any money uh, and none of the fans like them. And some films don't make any money, but they're popular with a small group of fans. You know, the, that kind of thing, right? So um, uh, the Fantastic Four was a huge flop. No one liked it and it didn't make any money. Also, the Avengers sequel that came out last year called The Age of Ultron that, although it was generally a success, it didn't make as much money as people had predicted. And so people started talking about superhero fatigue. Maybe the public has had enough of superheroes. Personally, I think that superhero fatigue is a myth uh, because there's clearly still a lot of interest in superhero films, especially if they are done right. So I think it's not that we are tired of superhero films per se. I think it's more that we're just tired of bad superhero films. Um, and the Fantastic Four was a failure because of a number of reasons, maybe because of casting decisions, because the actors in it weren't that, you know, they weren't that appealing. Um, and because, by all accounts... The Fantastic Four was just a really bad film with a bad script and a bad storyline and lots of other problems. And anyway, perhaps the Fantastic Four as characters are not really that interesting. I, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that they're that engaging. Or maybe maybe they just weren't presented in the film as very interesting. Maybe the film was just you know a badly done piece of work. So anyway, I think that the Fantastic Four is an exception. Um and uh, the Age of Ultron, the, the the Avengers sequel, might have taken less money than the previous one, but perhaps that's just because the bar has been set very high, you know, because the, the first Avengers movie, which came out, when was that? 2012, I think. That one was a huge hit, and that set the bar very high. So the Avengers, the Age of Ultron, although it's still a good film, it's not you know, it's going to be difficult to achieve the same, you know, popularity and critical success that it had with the first one. Anyway, regardless of last year, this year seems to have been a hit for superhero movies. And Captain America Civil War has apparently been 
smashing box office records for Marvel yet again. And most people, critics and fans included, seem to like it, most of them. Um, so I think that probably superhero fatigue is is not really a real thing at this stage. Maybe later on, maybe by the time you've listened to three episodes of this podcast um, about superheroes, maybe you'll be suffering from superhero fatigue. I hope not. Now, in my opinion, Hollywood has been producing superhero movies for quite a long time now. And it's only recently, really, that they've been any good. There might have been a few exceptions, but um, it's been a bit mixed, hasn't it? And really, it's only since Marvel stepped into things um, over the last maybe 10 years or so that the superhero movies have, have been done very well. Um, but that's just my opinion. I mean, you talk about the Batman films... You might talk about the Batman films, and we'll come on to that stuff later. But I feel like Marvel Studios have pretty much cracked the code for superhero movies now. They've really learned how to do superheroes properly in in cinema. And finally, the fun action and character developments that we enjoyed in the comic books is now translating onto the big screen. Um, it's not that we haven't ever had good superhero movies before, because... As I mentioned, some of the Batman movies have been good, and I will come on to that in a moment. But it's just that, in my opinion, they are now getting better and better. Um, And with a film like Captain America Civil War, um, superheroes are pretty healthy on the big screen, really. So let's talk about superhero movies in the past before we come on to the more recent Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. So let's see... We've had, okay, so we had Superman. We had Superman, a a Superman movie in the 1980s. In fact, we had a couple of Superman films in the 1980s with Christopher Reeve. Uh, There was the original Superman, the movie. I can't remember the year that came out. I think it was like probably the early 80s or something like that. It had Christopher Reeve as Superman. Gene Hackman was the bad guy, Lex Luthor. And that was great. That's a really good Superman film. I think it's going to be difficult to beat that one, even though it was made in the 80s and the special effects were not very good. In terms of just a general overall treatment of the Superman story, that's a pretty good one. And we had that on video, and I remember my brother and me used to watch that a lot, and uh, we loved it. It's a, it's a good, solid Superman film. Um, the sequel is not so bad. That was like Superman 2. That's the one where General Zod comes down onto Earth and Superman and him have a fight and stuff like that. And Superman chooses to lose his powers and stuff like that. Superman 3 was not that great. Richard Pryor is in it, which is interesting, the comedian Richard Pryor. But the film itself is not really very good. It's a bit weird. It's like there's this weird sort of uh, evil supercomputer and a robot and stuff like that. It's didn't make much sense also superman becomes evil in that film doesn't he for a while and there's also superman 4 but let's not even mention that that was horrible um then in the 90s we had um uh, a batman movie the first batman film um well in fact there was already a batman film from the 1960s which was a sort of a camp tongue-in-cheek colorful comedy really um and uh this sort of postmodern sort of uh tongue-in-cheek 60s Batman but then in 1990 there was the Tim Burton uh, Batman film with Michael Keaton as Batman 
And uh, so there was that one. That was Michael Keaton as Batman and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. And uh, Kim Bassinger was in it as well. And then they made the Batman sequel called, what, Batman Returns. And that had uh, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Christopher Walken was in that one as well. Uh, Catwoman, played by, uh, what's her name, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, those were pretty good, actually, in my opinion. I really enjoyed those those two Batman films. And um, that, first of all, the, the, the 1990 Batman film was actually a pretty new take. You know, it was like, let's bring Batman up into the modern world and let's make him a sort of mysterious, dark and dangerous uh Uh, action hero and the special effects were kind of good enough at the time to make it convincing Um, so that was good and the second Batman film was pretty good too Um, and it was Tim Burton and we know Tim Burton has his own particular style and it worked quite well with the gothic nature of Batman and stuff like that Uh, but after Tim Burton left the franchise the Batman movies went steadily downhill I think it was Joel Schumacher who took over control of the Batman franchise and they were rubbish. I mean, we got Val Kilmer as Batman and it became like a colourful sort of ridiculous comedy, like a kid's movie or something uh, with, um, you know, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Now, I enjoy Jim Carrey. I enjoy him in Ace Ventura and The Mask. And he was quite fun in, in this one as well, but it was just a bit too silly. For a, for a proper Batman film. Val Kilmer was okay, I suppose, as, as Batman, but it started to get a bit ridiculous. And then we ended up with the god-awful Batman and Robin in 1997, I think. And that was George Clooney as Batman. And there were lots of problems with that. It was a disaster. For example, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Remember that? And he had some awful lines in his script. For example, there's a moment where Mr. Freeze arrives and he's got like his ice gun and he's like shoots everyone with his ice gun and he arrives and he goes everybody freeze and then he shoots everyone you know and another moment where he arrives and he says to everyone ice to see you ice to see you seriously in a Batman film everybody freeze ice to see you and then he does that Arnold Schwarzenegger voice you know the you know the noise that Arnold Schwarzenegger makes when someone is attacking him in a film? Get off me! Get off me, Batman! It's not ice to see you! Um, I don't know if, if, if Arnold Schwarzenegger makes that noise when, when he's being dubbed into your language. But anyway, that's what he sounds like in English. Um, anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a Batman film and it wasn't good. Um, I think Schwarzenegger could be in a superhero film because he's got the kind of physical stature, or he used to anyway. Um, Anyway, so um, there was actually, there was also another great superhero film that came out in 1990 that some of you might not know. Not many people know about it. And it's based on a Marvel character and it was directed by Sam Raimi who went on to direct the the more recent Spider-Man films. And that, that one is called Dark Man. And it stars Liam Neeson. That's right. Liam Neeson the, of Taken fame. Um, directed by Sam Raimi, who did the Spider-Man films. He also did the Evil Dead movies, which are brilliant. And Darkman is great. It's got some really sort of uh, ironic humour in it. Some great action sequences. Um, and it's just a, a thrilling comic book 
movie from from 1990 1990 uh 1990 i don't know if 1990 was that nice it was quite nice for superhero films maybe nice enough for us to call it 1990 anyway that was just a slip of the tongue but yeah liam neeson in in a superhero movie that's not bad is it it's on net it's on netflix apparently dark man so i suggest that you you find it you hunt it down and you watch it okay dark man um with Liam Neeson. Then there was another couple of Fantastic Four movies in the early 2000s. Remember those? They were unremarkable and not particularly original. They didn't do anything that interesting with the genre. Uh, Chris Evans was in that. He played the Human Torch. And now he's he plays Captain America now, which is sort of interesting. He might be the only actor ever to have played two different Marvel characters, the Human Torch in Fantastic Four and then Captain America in the more recent um, Marvel movies. So, yeah, not much to say about those Fantastic Four films. Um, I personally didn't find them very good. I don't know what you think. Uh, there There was an Incredible Hulk movie, which I think was just called Hulk, and it was directed by Ang Lee, who is a great director, and he's done some really good work. Uh, And he directed The Hulk. um, And The Hulk, or just Hulk? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Most people seem to dislike that film, The Hulk. Um, I think I'm going to talk to you about that in in a moment. Sam Raimi, as I said, directed a trilogy of Spider-Man films, and most people seem to like them, except maybe the third one. Uh, I'll talk more about those films in a moment. Also, there have been loads of X-Men films, which seem to have done relatively well in the box office. There was like uh, an an X-Men trilogy. Um, The third of the trilogy was a bit of a flop. Uh, And then more recently, they've rebooted the franchise and you had X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, where they go back in time. And then this week, uh, a new X-Men movie has come out and it's called X-Men Apocalypse. And I actually went to see that today. It's all about superhero movies at the moment for some reason since my exam marking's been done it's just superhero films so i'm going to talk to you about x-men apocalypse in the third part of this trilogy so you can you know wait and see what i have to say about that later on uh so there yeah they were the x-men films um and they seem to have done okay in the box office but one thing to note here is that marvel studios don't own the rights to all of their characters in movies all right so we've I've already established that there are DC characters and DC movies and there are Marvel characters but Marvel Studios don't own the rights to all of their characters. In fact before Marvel became a film studio they were still just a comic book publisher and in the 90s and in the 2000s I think that they were seriously running out of money because you know people had stopped buying comics. Um So they sold movie rights. In order to make some money, they sold movie rights for a few characters to some different film studios. I think Spider-Man was sold to Sony Pictures. X-Men, as a franchise, was sold to 20th Century Fox. And the result was that these studios made superhero films. They made these superhero films in their own way. Um, I think that Marvel was a little bit involved, but they didn't have full creative control and they didn't take the full profits from those films and i expect that you know marvel the company itself watched those films and they thought we could do better than this we can do 
we know how to do superhero movies. Um, and I think later on, they managed to set up Marvel Studios and start producing their own movies with characters that they still had the movie rights for. And those characters were basically the, the Avengers and the characters we associate with the Avengers story. Um, and so that the, the new Marvel cinematic universe, the new movies produced by Marvel, I think they really caught everyone by surprise, especially the first one, which was Iron Man, because really they were just, they were good. They were decent films. So I'm going to come to, to to those movies again in a moment. So let's let's get back to the pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So I told you about you know some of the early Batman films and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and stuff. And then of course um, in the 2000s, in in a, I think it was around 2005, Christopher Nolan revived the Batman franchise. So after Batman had been spoiled by that terrible Batman and Robin movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Eyes to see you. Um, Christopher Nolan brought Batman back and everyone was very happy about that. A huge success. I think it was in 2005, 2006 or something like that, uh, that Batman Begins came out. And that was like the origin story of Batman. And it had uh, uh, Christian Bale as Batman. And it was all very good, except for the way that Batman spoke. Because for some reason, Batman had to speak like this. You know, even when he's talking to people who know that he's Bruce Wayne, he still has to, he still has to talk in this very serious Batman voice. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, Batman Begins was, was pretty good and it was a success. And then, of course, The Dark Knight, which um, was a huge box office hit. Can you hear the rain, ladies and gents? I don't know if you can hear that, but there's it's raining very heavily outside. Good thing I'm indoors recording a podcast and I'm not outside battling with the rain here. Um, so then, yes, The Dark Knight came out and that was a massive hit, wasn't it? Big hit with fans, big hit with the critics, and it took loads of money. In fact, it was something like the biggest box office success ever when it was released. And then after that, The Dark Knight Rises came out, which was less successful. But generally, the, the trilogy was, was considered to be good. Um, and of course, you had uh, that classic performance by Heath Ledger as the Joker in the second film, in The, in the Dark Knight. And so generally, people like those Batman movies. I think they were considered to be game changers for the superhero genre because they were very serious. They had adult themes. They dealt with fairly complex ideas like morality and stuff like that. And they generally gave the superhero genre a sense of weight and quality and seriousness rather than just being colourful kids' films, you know? Um, there was also a new Superman film that came out around the same time called Superman Returns. I think that actually came out just before the Batman franchise was rebooted. Uh, and Superman Returns was basically another Superman origins story it didn't seem to be that different to the original Superman movie from the 80s, but just updated with better special effects. Um, the main success in the superhero genre seemed to have come from the Christopher, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. And, it, and principally, that was a huge box office hit. So suddenly, superhero movies were like box office gold. Okay. Um, now, more recently, DC have brought back Superman... Um, letting Christopher Nolan produce 
the film Man of Steel a couple of years ago, and more recently the film Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, has been in the, in the, in the cinemas. Um, now, although those two Superman films have their fans, it seems that they are considered generally to be... Well, they are considered to be flops or they're considered to be average at best, I think. It seems that Man of Steel divided opinion and Batman versus Superman generally seems to be considered to be a bit crap, okay? I haven't seen Batman versus Superman, but I've heard that basically there are some good bits with Batman, but generally the film is a bit, a bit, of, bit of a confusing mess. Um, um, but DC are going to go ahead with this strategy, which is to make a series of other films based on their other characters and then eventually create a Justice League film, which is a sort of showcase of all the main DC characters together in one movie. And that will be a, you know, a big novelty that will bring lots of people to the cinema and it will make DC lots of money. Now, this is pretty much the same strategy that Marvel have been doing, but they, they Marvel started it like 10 years ago. Um um that's right uh, and and the difference is that marvel have been doing it well that is debatable of course i mean some people thought that man of steel was all right i thought that man superman man of steel was kind of half good i liked some of the character development of superman in the earlier parts of the film i liked the scenes with kevin costner but the action scenes between superman and general zod just took me out of the movie i felt emotionally unengaged with a lot of the action. Because essentially you just saw two super-powered people who seem to be indestructible just punching each other for about half an hour. There's no drama there. Um, also, I thought that the character of Lois Lane was underused and underdeveloped. And again, it just felt... it Also, it felt far too serious than it should be. And that's a problem I had with the, with the Christopher Nolan Batman films. I find them to be incredibly serious. You know, considering these are essentially films about a man dressed dressed up like a bat. Like, nice little ears. You know, very serious. I'm Batman. Oh, hi, Batman. Nice to meet you. I like your, I like your outfit. I like the little ears. Nice detail. Don't make fun of my bat, my bat ears. Anyway, I haven't seen Batman versus Superman, the new one, but it seems that critical reaction to the film is is also mixed. What do you think, ladies and gents? Have you seen the new Superman films? Have you seen Batman versus Superman? Do give me your quick movie reviews to any of the films that I'm talking about here in the comments section. Um, so we're getting there, ladies and gents. We're going to get to Marvel and my thoughts on Captain America Civil War in due course. Let's keep moving. So DC are, in my opinion, still struggling really to get a grip on the movie universe in the same way that Marvel have managed to do that because marvel have really kind of got to grips with their movie universe i think um although i expect that both of the superman films that we've had recently have taken a lot of money at the box office even if they're not really that good because it seems that people want to see batman fight against superman right people just people will pay money just to see batman and superman punching each other um, even if the film is not that great. And perhaps DC's next film release, which is called Suicide Squad, will be really popular with fans. I've seen the trailer for it. It looks it looks like it could be genuinely quite original and interesting. So maybe Suicide Squad is going to be the hit movie that DC really needs, but we will see. Um, 
let's just say that DC are still finding their feet in the movie world at this moment. But Marvel, on the other hand, are doing really, really well today. Um, In fact, they are now into phase three of their movie series. Yes, we've already had phase one and two, and now we're into phase three in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so far, they've managed to not only avoid any massive flops, but they've also made a few really successful films, and they seem to be getting better and better. Uh, For example, the most recent one, Captain America Civil War, seems to be a big hit with audiences, critics, and the box office. So, well done, Marvel. So, that brings us then to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, let's tell that story. Around 10 to 15 years ago, Marvel decided to make movies themselves. As I mentioned previously, they were just comic book publishers who licensed their characters to other studios with fairly mixed results. Some of them were good films, like a couple of Spider-Man films. Some of them were bad, like the Fantastic Four. On the whole, though, it's been inconsistent, okay? Um, You know, like there were the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films directed by Sam Raimi, Uh, which seemed to be quite successful. Um, And those films rebooted the Spider-Man franchise starting from the beginning, telling the origin story of Spider-Man and then having him grow up and deal with all the usual problems that Spider-Man faces as a young superhero in the big city. Um, uh, Then Sony decided to reboot the Spider-Man franchise again with Andrew Garfield in the role of Spider-Man and a new director, Uh, I think that was simply because audiences just love Spider-Man and the studio, uh, Sony, probably felt like it could just it could probably just make a bunch of new money by essentially telling the same story all over again. So they Sony probably thought, well, the audiences just do love Spider-Man. So let's just churn out another Spider-Man movie, even if it is exactly the same story as the last one. It just feels like Spider-Man has been rebooted so many times now that every Spider-Man film that we get is basically telling us the same story again and again. But audiences love Spider-Man so much that we just don't really mind, do we? Which is like another Spider-Man movie. Okay, I'll see it. Let's just hope they've done it right this time. In fact, with this new Captain America movie, Spider-Man has essentially been rebooted again. In fact, I think that Marvel have managed to negotiate with Sony in order to get the rights to Spider-Man to appear in the Avengers universe. So well done, Marvel. You know, very good business move there, getting getting Spider-Man back. Because the addition of Spider-Man is a very popular move uh, and it's bound to please audiences and accountants in uh, um, at Marvel headquarters. Um, and yes, we are going to have a new solo Spider-Man film at some point soon, which is some kind of collaboration, I think, between Marvel and Sony Studios. And that looks pretty promising, because I think that they have finally got Spider-Man right uh, in, in this latest uh, film. And I'll talk to you more about that in a moment. So how are you doing, everyone? Are you confused yet with all these different superheroes and their movie franchises? I hope that you're not suffering from superhero fatigue. Um, I'm looking at the clock here. 50 minutes. Okay, I still haven't got to the the latest uh, movie. So let's keep trucking. All right. Hello there. This is me interrupting myself um, in order to say that is the cut-off point. That's the dividing point between part one and part two. Okay, it's roughly in the middle. So I thought this would be a good moment to 
cut it in half. So you can now move on to part two. It should be available for you right now or in just a few moments. Um, And uh, in that one, I'm going to talk about the latest uh, Marvel film, Captain America Civil War. So if you want to know what I thought about that, listen on. Okay, but that's the end of this one. Um, As ever, leave your comments on the page. I'd like to know what you think of uh, the films I've talked about. Give us your reviews and things like that. But I'm now going to stop talking and let you move on to part two. So that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll speak to you in just a few moments, probably. Okay, but for now, then, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.